Going into oneself and not meeting anyone for hours, that is what one must arrive at. Loneliness of the kind one knew as a child, when the grown-ups went back and forth bound up in things which seemed grave and weighty because they looked so busy, and because one had no idea what they were up to. And when one day you realize that their preoccupations are meager, their professions barren and no longer connected to life, why not continue to look on them like a child, as if on something alien? drawing on the depths of your own world, on the expanse of your own solitude, which itself is work and achievement and a vocation. Why wish to exchange a child's wise incomprehension for rejection and contempt, when incomprehension is solitude, whereas rejection and contempt are ways of participating in what, by precisely these means, you want to sever yourself from? Think, dear Mr. Kappas, of the world that you carry within you, and call this thinking whatever you like, Whether it is memory of your own childhood or longing for your own future, just be attentive towards what rises up inside you and place it above everything that you notice round about. What goes on in your innermost being is worth all your love. This is what you must work on however you can and not waste too much time and too much energy on clarifying your attitude to other people. Who says you have such an attitude at all? I know your profession is hard and goes against you, and I had foreseen your complaints and knew they would come. Now that they have come, I cannot assuage them. I can only advise you to consider whether all professions are not like that, full of demands, full of hostility for the individual, steeped, as it were, in the hatred of those who, with sullen resentment, have settled for a life of sober duty. The station you are now obliged to occupy is no more heavily burdened with conventions, prejudices, and misapprehensions than any other, and if there are some domains that make a show of greater freedom, there are none that are vast and spacious and in contact with the great things of which real life consists. Only the solitary individual is subject, like a thing, to the fundamental laws, and if someone goes out into the morning as it is breaking, or looks out into the evening full of occurrence, and if he feels what is happening there, every hint of station slips from him as if from a dead man, although he is standing in the midst of life itself. Dear Mr. Kappas, something similar to what you now have to undergo as an officer would have affected you in any of the existing professions, and even if, outside of any position, you had sought only fleeting and non-committal contact with society, you would not have been spared this feeling of constraint. It is the same everywhere. But that is no reason for anxiety or sadness. If there is no communal feeling between you and other people, try to be near to things. They will not abandon you. The nights are still there, and the winds that go through the trees and over the many lands, among things and among animals, all is still full of happenings in which you can take part. And the children are still as you were when you were a child, just as sad and happy, And whenever you think of your childhood, you live among them again, among the lonely children, and adults are nothing, and their dignity has no worth. And if it frightens you and pains you to think of your childhood, and of the simplicity and stillness that go together with it, because you can no longer believe in God, who is everywhere present in it, then ask yourself, dear Mr. Kappas, whether you have really lost God after all. Is it not rather the case that you have never yet possessed Him? For when was it supposed to have been? Do you think a child can hold him, him whom grown men only bear with difficulty and whose weight bows down the old? 
Do you believe that anyone who really has him could lose him like a little pebble? Or don't you think that whoever had him could only be lost by him alone? But if you acknowledge that he was not present in your childhood, and not before that, if you suspect that Christ was deceived by his longing and Mohammed betrayed by his pride, and if you feel with horror that even now he is not present, at the moment when we are talking about him, what then gives you the right to miss him who never was, as if he had disappeared, and to search for him as if he were lost? Why don't you think of him as a coming God, who since eternity has lain ahead of us, the future one, the eventual fruit of a tree of which we are the leaves? What prevents you from casting his birth out into the times of becoming and from...